0: One of my topics is just called bum chin, and I don't know if you want to talk about it, but about a week ago, I discovered that I feel like I have a bum chin, and I never knew that. And I didn't know you had a bum chin either. It's You can only tell in certain lights, and like... It's not a oh, bum chin. Look it's at like, it! Turn a certain way in the light, and then all of a sudden, boom, booty chin.
1: you got to grow a beard, man. you got to get rid of that bum chin. You can't ask people to stare at a bum chin
0: when they talk to you. I went my whole life thinking that I wasn't a bum chin looking at people with bum chins being like how did that even happen and then now i've got it i think you should do a lawsuit that the vaccine gave you a bum chin (laughs) (laughs)
1: pfizer is getting under a lot of heat from the vaccine and some people say it's giving them a bum chin we'll talk about that next on underdogs Okay, let's just jump right into this. It is September the 24th, 2-4. It is 11.40 a.m. This is Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming, and with me, as always, is Jacob Eamon. Jacob, before we get started, I need to let you know something. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if I've told you this. I don't remember if I have, but I've been on sort of this hot sauce kick. <laughs> and so i bought this hot sauce that's called dave's dave's. In- dave's insanity very important that you you say insanity it's dave's insanity it used to be it has the claim on the bottle as the original hottest sauce in the world and if anybody out there watches hot ones the the talk show where they eat 10 chicken wings and they get incrementally hotter dave's insanity was on season one and it was the ninth wing so it was the second last the second most spicy sauce so i've been i've been doing dabs of this for weeks now and my dabs have gotten bigger and bigger and it's extremely hot don't get me wrong i had a friend who i work with who i gave a dab to and he puked he puked multiple times that night and he had to stop working and he had to go home Mm -hmm. so it's a no joke no bringing this to work Because I wanted to see where, because I was starting to really be able to handle it. And it gets you like high, almost like I I have it in the morning on like toast or eggs. And it just like, it just like runs through you, wakes you up. And it's like, woo, we're all ready for the day. But I started eating, I I bought uh, raw scotch bonnets. I popped one in my mouth, like nothing. I was like, my tolerance is through the roof. So last night at work, somebody hands me this little container. And in this container is some pretty nasty looking hot peppers. They say, do you want one of these? Because they know that I'm on this hot sauce kick.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: I grab one of these peppers straight out of the thing. I pop the entire thing in my mouth, just rip it right off the stem, seeds, everything, chomp, 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 swallow, swallow, swallow. I have never in my life felt the kind of uh, heat pain that I felt after this pepper. My mouth felt like I had been burned in a fire. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. I was, ch- I haven't drank milk in 20 years. I was chugging milk. I had to put uh, ice water in my mouth constantly. I was eating ice cubes. I was leaned over. I was just, I was starting to get scared. As the pepper moved down into my stomach, my stomach started to um, stick out. I'm like my left, my left, my left three like abdomen muscles were pushed out. Like I had something like trying to, like, I thought my stomach was going to explode. Like I thought like I was actually going to die and my muscles were going (laughs) to tear open.
0: Inflammation. It's
1: it's inflammation. It's like acid, I guess. My mouth is still on fire. I'm also at work. Like I have to do things. Uh, People are coming in. People are calling. You have to answer the phone. I go down on the toilet, just not knowing what end anything's going to come out of. Nothing really happens. The reason I bring this up is because uh, it's been a literal shitstorm here this morning. And so at any minute, I may have to take a little break in the pod, just run off for, let's call it, 15 minutes for a scream-a-thon in the toilet. But I'll be right back, ready to
0: go oh my god my stomach is just it's hurting thinking about this david it's it's really painful to imagine did they tell you what kind of pepper it was he said it was a ghost pepper Uh uh-huh uh-huh so
1: you don't want to fuck with ghost peppers you don't actually you actually don't i was not ready for that leap in my tolerance
0: it wants to take your body and turn you into a ghost that's why they named it that
1: Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm also burping a lot. I uh I still feel like a little bit out of it. I had weird dreams, just fucked up dreams.
0: I was thinking about even just what you were doing before with the Dave's Insanity um in the morning like I'm just envisioning the kind of um heartburn that I would have from mixing the hottest number 9 in a hot ones challenge hot sauce with just a cup of coffee and you know eggs or whatever and I don't I, I don't know if I'd I'd be able to walk. It's never it's never affected me like uh,
1: gastrointestinally. Like it's only ever given me a, like hot hard and soft palate lips. That's it. I've never felt I've never uh, been a, I mean Fair enough. I had to leave the mall on Sunday because I needed to shit myself. Like that did happen. But up until that point, that hadn't happened. Uh, so I had been handling the hot sauce. So maybe I've hit like some sort of wall with the way uh, that my body's dealing with this and maybe throwing a ghost pepper in there. It's wasn't had enough. Best. Yeah, it's had enough.
0: So are you going to uh, retire this Dave's Hot Sauce? Or are you going to take a break?
1: Well, I'm not doing it today, that's for sure, but i I'll be back. We'll be back. We're just on a couple day i l and then i'm gonna I'm gonna start to get my dab back up.
0: You were unwilling to use the the restroom at the mall
1: Yeah, well, the problem with uh, the restaurant at the mall and uh is that there was a lineup a and that was stressing me and that was stressing me out and I also got this stressed. is different mall, I'm guessing. No, this is the Eaton Center, baby. Oh. This was locked and loaded at the big ass Eaton Center, and I also was really stressed about being in there for a while, shitting, and having this lineup of dudes just being like, "Fucking stinks in here, man. Fucking stinks. Somebody's got to get the fuck out. Somebody's got to flush that shit, man." Right. And I just like that was that's a level of social anxiety that uh, for me no bueno. I right.
0: don't like that. And you're not sure, like you're like, you're t- testing the waters. You don't know how loud one's going to be. You're like, is someone close? Can I fully relax here and, and just let it yeah. go? Or am I going to be like extending the time because I'm trying to do a slow release here?
1: <laughs> yeah, you're going you're gonna to hear like 10 pre-farts before. And you're going to hear like, <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, God. And then just like a bucket of water hits the bowl. And then, and then just Jesus, Jesus, it stinks in here. So that's, that's why I didn't shit in the mall, but I had to take a pretty scary Uber uh, for, I live, you know, I live like a 20, 25 minute uh, Uber drive from the Eaton center. And that's a long ass drive when you're going to maybe shit your pants in an Uber when you're, oh, let's just say 40 years old.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, I've got way more anxiety about that option than uh, waiting in line at the Eaton Center and dealing with the uh, with with the men there. It's just sort of like that thing. It was almost like I felt so awful, you know, when you drink too much
1: and then you get the spins and you're just fucked. Yes. And like the rest of your night's fucked mm-hmm. and, and you just, you just want to be home. You want to be in a safe space. Right. You don't want to have the spins in the Eaton Center toilet clutching the bowl. People can see your feet sticking out the bottom, just being like, come on, dude, hurry up.
0: Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. You needed to crawl into bed after the experience you were about to have. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Because you're also opening the door after you're done, and everyone's seeing you and your face is is not not ideal either. Um, speaking of shitting the bed, or yes. shitting on the ground, or shitting your pants, or just laying a wet shit all over a baseball field, the Toronto Blue Jays are now out of a wild card spot. It's been a it's been a crazy month of September, playing amazing baseball. Uh, got themselves back they were a game maybe a game and a half into a wild card spot at one point i think it was their largest lead they go into tampa they lose 2-3 we're going to talk about that last night they lose 7-2 in minnesota a quote by jacob Eamon: i think it's the worst game of the season i disagreed but to each their you own you
0: didn't see it
1: <laughs> i Saw some pretty big stinkers, and seven to two in Minnesota after
0: they've had a hell of a month, doesn't seem that bad. To it's me. not the score. It's not the score. there's a there's a certain type of torture that was on display last night. I'm telling you the pace of this game seeing, Michael Pineda again, just groaning. Oh, nothing. Oh, you just see him stretching, grimacing after every pitch. And you're like, Oh, my body feels awful. How can we not destroy him? How is he? uh, uh, How can, how is he getting through this? He, he, he only gets through five, but I'm telling you it. I, I don't know when the game finished last night, but it took the entire night. It started a bit later, but the, it, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was two and a half hours in, in the bottom of the fifth. Okay. And, you know, you got Steven Mats, then you're bringing in Julian Merriweather and you're like, holy fuck, man, what happened to you? What is going on here? Thomas Hatch, Hatch, you have an injury for Hatch. You have a, a, a delay with that. You have an injury with Guriel, He's out and we're like, oh my God, is this game ever going to end? I tweeted out, this game is interminable it would not end it was sweet mercy because you know david when you have those games where it's a blowout it's 18 to 1 you just turn it off when it's 7 to 2 you're like this offense and this pitcher and this pitching staff it, 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 one inning you know a little little cruise and we're back in it easily
1: the uh, the Gurriel injury is one of the worst, most unfortunate, stupid injuries for anybody who didn't see the game. Gur- the ball gets hit into the gap. Gurriel runs to get it off the wall. Um, he doesn't get the ball. Grishik gets there first, but they're very close to each other. As Grishik throws the ball back into the infield, he sort of stumbles and steps on Guriel's bare hand with his cleats. So Guriel's taken out of the game. Apparently, nothing's broken, but he has to get stitches in his hand. Guriel was—I don't know—top, top two, top three hitters that we've had in the last month. So that's a big blow. We got
0: George Springer, man.
1: Ah. Ah.
0: Ah. Before we talk about George Springer, Gurriel, it looked like Guriel was like you know when uh, you. Uh, like lay down on the ground in like a little ball or like you you're on your knees when someone's backing up and you're trying to trip them. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me Guriel's intention was. He gets there right there and then of course he's trying to duck out of the way of the throw, but he's way too close to Grichik for this kind of a thing. You got to you got to make a bit of a a, a, a lane. You got to give give some space for Grichik to to huck that ball in and of course he's going to step on your hand. What do you just give him a bit of space, man?
1: Yeah, it's funny because Grishik stepped on his hand. So the initial thought might be, "Way to go, Grishik, you fucking moron!" But it always seems like it's Guriel's fault. Guriel's such an awkward fielder. He's so awkward in the outfield. He, he, I feel like he's a little bit awkward in his body. Like he's awkward when he runs, and it was a weird position for him to get into. Just he sort of was like almost in the help position. Yeah. On the ground, except with his hands uh, not t- like not holding his knees in, just sort of like with one of his hands out, and Grishik, you know, tripped over his turtle back and stabbed
0: him in the hand. Like, like the ball was a grenade that was tossed out there, and and Grishik <laughs> was trying to throw it back before it exploded, and Guriel was terrified on the ground, like no, 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 and he got his he got his hand stepped on, but apparently. Apparently no, nothing broken, nothing too bad. Um, I I don't think he'll be out too long. Sounds like yeah. we'll see, we'll see. There's there's nothing broken. It's just a, he just got his hands stepped on.
1: That's, yeah, that's man, gonna hurt.
0: hands though. You know what you use your hands for? Holding the
1: bat, mm-hmm. uh, and that and Guriel at least doesn't come across to me. Now this is. This is a problematic thing to say because I don't know, and I'm sure you don't, sure think, he's a, he you don't a, think he's a tough guy. Yeah, well, I don't know if he, I don't. It's not that I don't even think I don't even think he has a desire to be tough. I think he could be tough. I imagine he's a very strong, athletic young man. I just think that uh, a little bit of um, pain for him is just not how he wants to play baseball.
0: Are you basing this on how much time we're assuming he spends straightening his hair each day? Uh,
1: I'm not, but maybe you are. I think some of this, for me, is about his uh, time off after the vaccine symptoms. And now I know that vaccine symptoms are different for everybody. We all have different experiences. Eh, I don't know. Eh, I don't know. I get it. I get it. (sighs) But I also just feel that way. I just feel like he's not a... He's not like, you know, he's not a George Springer who's like, give me a knee brace. I'm going to run, baby. Get me out there. I'm still going to play. I'm going to give it all for my team. I feel like he's like, you know what? Like finger is not broken, but it does sting a bit. And I do need that finger to grab the bat. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to take a couple days for me and uh, get some physio on my finger, maybe sleep in a bit, maybe play some video games. And uh, I'll let you know when my finger is feeling better.
0: Right. And his throws were already... A little off in the last, uh, you know, since he's been hot with the baddest throws from the outfield. It hasn't been that uh, accurate gun uh, so much. So I can only imagine when he's gripping a hold of the baseball out there now. Those throws coming in, he's going to be thinking, oh, it's just going to send it a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. No good. Guriel likes doing
1: one thing good at a time. He likes to focus on one. Like he doesn't hit, but he has a rocket of an arm, and then he starts hitting. And he's like, you know what? Not, not gonna put too much work into my throws anymore. I like that everybody thinks I'm a good hitter.
0: Right. <laughs> um, uh-huh. you were you were getting into Springer though. Yeah, I don't.
1: I don't know what to say about it other than it's a problem. I don't like it. I'm tired of it. I'm I'm tired of his entire season. When he's good, he's like nobody else. When he obviously, it's an obvious thing to say, when he's good, he's an exciting, dynamic team leader, but he's been injured so much and he's obviously playing through some injury that is inhibiting him. He's not even able to play the outfield. So, you know, it takes him out of his rhythm. He seems to be like a, like a rhythm type of guy likes hitting first. You know, I like him hitting first too when he hits and when he's not an automatic out, but it's, I'm starting to get a
0: bit tired of it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I can understand that. I think he, I think he needs to be let free you know he's a he's a guy that just can't have he can't have any blocks he can't have someone saying you can't do this you can't play the outfielder he's saying i can't play the outfield so i can't he's not being him you know it was like the same way that i feel like happened last time when he was injured the first time it wasn't until he played the field he had that game he was back in the field he did that sweet dive he got up he's screaming let's go and he hits a bomb that day and like i feel like it's just a total package for him um he's a he's a complete ball player and when it when when some part of it is is missing the whole thing kind of f- crumbles with it you know and he's going to be back out in the field tonight uh I don't know that but he was doing drills last night and they said he's close so like he's going to he's going to he's going to be free tonight and he's going to be back
1: He's a real ball player uh <laughs> uh I agree with you. That's what I'm talking about, him being a rhythm guy. He wants to be out in the field. He wants to hit first. Those are things that... Let me just give you some numbers. So, for the last 30 games, that's not a small sample. That's a 30-game sample. Okay. Batten Batten 174. Uh, Four home runs. And his OPS is looking to be about, I don't know, 620. He's at the top of the order of the most like dynamic offensive team in baseball. Something has got to give. Yes, give him a crack in the outfield and leave him in the leadoff spot for a couple of games, maybe see if that does anything. I don't imagine running on his knee more than he is now is good for his knee.
0: I don't know. We don't know what his knee is, right?
1: Well, you see him grimace quite a bit. You see him favor his knee. You see it affecting his ability to hit the baseball. So we know it ain't good. So anything that's below good can't get better, likely with a ball hit to the gap where he tries to run full out.
0: What if he needs to keep it moving to keep it loose? You know, what if, you know, he sits on the bench, he's sitting, he's, it's bent. It's starting to, you know, get a little achy. You know, if he just plays through, if he never stops moving, the pain can't catch up and, uh, uh, you know?
1: I think he's got people who know more about that shit than you and I who are looking at it every day, thinking about it every day. They know he wants to play. And I I don't think they're like, I don't know. Do you think we should let anybody know that if he just moved it more, it would feel better? I don't think we should say that to anybody. I'm nervous. I think he would know that. They would say that and they'd be like, oh, sweet. He wants to move it more.
0: Let's put him in center field right away. Uh, Guriel's gonna be out. Like who? What what, what? 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 If we don't have him, it's gonna be Dickerson, Grichuk, and Teoscar in the outfield. F- f- plus, plus. Oh god! Like it's just. It's, we need him out there.
1: You could have Dyson out there. I got a little time for maybe a little lucky Dyson. Put Dyson in center field, lead him off, get that speed, get a like a little 2015 Ben Revere action going on in no, this lineup. No, 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 no,
0: <laughs> Come no, on, that'd no, be fun. No, 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 no. Gerard <laughs> is coming in as a pinch runner, maybe as a defensive replacement late game, because Springer's had a he's had a long day out there. And we're up big or we're down big. That's, that's when I want to see Mr. Dyson. What I'm saying is this is crunch time. It's do
1: or die and it's time for heroes. And I think I could see Dickerson being a hero and I could see Gerard Dyson being a hero. And you mark my words. If he does anything big in this next little stretch, you will remember this conversation. Gerard, Gerard Dyson has the potential to be a hero for this city.
0: Don't don't put Dickerson and, and Gerard into the same boat here. Like Dickerson's bat is on a completely different level than Gerard's. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about
1: isn't stats-based. It's feelings-based. It's fan-based. It's irrational fan um, behavior. I'm talking about magic. I'm talking about a savior for a city, an unlikely hero, the average Joe.
0: We had a, a bottom of the lineup the other day that was... That was, uh, uh, Bravik Valera, Jake Lamb, and Gerard Dyson. The best, of the bottom three. <laughs> and It was one of the worst performances uh, by a th- by a threesome uh, of the season. Like it was, it was god awful. Okay, we we don't need to see Gerard Dyson any more than we need to. Jake Lamb, I it uh, was DFA'd after his displays <laughs> uh, at, in the batting box as well as some some surprising throws I think from from third. Uh, I I actually looked up after his last game um, to see what position he normally played and it turns out it was third base. That's his his primary primary position and it could have fooled me. I (laughs) I couldn't tell. Look, I'm not saying this is
1: ideal. I'm saying something's got to give. We are we got to fight for this wild card spot. We're, we're so close. So you got the Yankees and the Red Sox start a three-game series tonight. So every time the Blue Jays win, they make up a game either uh, with the Red Sox or with the Yankees, depending on who uh, wins and loses those games. This is the biggest three-game stretch of the rest of this season. And then obviously we're going to go and play the Yankees which is also massive, but we ain't dead yet. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about this. Kevin Kiermaier.
0: Ooh, fiasco.
1: card gate. <laughs> so just a little bit of context. I'm sure most people know this, but uh, there was a play at the plate in uh, game two of the series against the Rays where Kevin Kiermeyer was trying to have a little league home run. Ah, uh, rounding the bases on just a series of kind of errors, and he ran home. There was a play at the plate. He tried to slide under Kirk's tag, and as he slid under Kirk's tag, Kirk's um, they catchers have these cards that have all the information on how they want to face all of the Rays hitters, and it popped out of Kirk's wrist guard. It was seen on camera that Kiermaier looked at it, took it, took the card. Did a little shoulder check to the Blue Jays dugout and then walked straight into his dugout and did a very sneaky handoff to one of his coaches where clearly something was said to the coach to not look at it and put it away discreetly because the coach grabbed it, didn't even look down at it, and put it in his pocket. So then the Blue Jays ask for it back. They realize that he took it. The Rays say, nope. Nothing happens. The Jays are irate. uh, Kiermeier goes on the media and says that uh, he initially thought that it was his, but then when he realized it wasn't, wasn't going to give it back because this is September baseball, baby, and I ain't giving it back and I don't want to talk about it anymore and I'm over it. I am over it. No more questions. So then the Blue Jays get blown out by the Rays the next game and Barucki pegs Kiermeier in the upper back. Bench is clear. Kiermaier says, "I hope, I hope we meet them in October. I really want to play them in October. The stage is set, mm-hmm. Jacob. Mm-hmm. What do you
0: make of it? What do you make of it from beginning to end, David? I love it all. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, can you? I can't blame Kiermaier at all. From the beginning, I'm on the side of the Rays. I would want." anyone on my team to do the exact same thing the level of gamesmanship the level of rattiness of excitement of sneakiness it's all it's a first of all it's above board to me you know they've got the they've got the information in the cards. you got to protect it better if you're going to bring it onto the onto the onto the field then then that's a risk you got to be willing to take it the way that it falls into kira meyer's lap like literally it fell <laughs> into his lap it's sitting right in front of him it's it looks like it was planted. Like like you you try in the theater to rehearse that kind of physical thing happening and making it not look so planned like for 3 hours trying to block something to to land that perfectly in front of you and so it looked scripted the way you, it's it's waiting there for him. And of course all of the cameras and seeing his watching him decide to take it to pocket it the whole thing is is fascinating to watch um why the blue jays want it back i don't really get like they've obviously got the information like they i love that that they said they weren't giving it back i love the the the, the escalation of all of this um i i i just to to be mad at Kiermark, to be mad at the Rays I feel like just I don't know what do, you, what do you think David because I hope I hope you don't feel the exact same way as me I I mean first of all there's no
1: chance in hell he ever thought it was his car no you could tell you could tell by the way he looked at it for when I first saw it I was just like, God damn it, Kirk. Like Nobody else does this. You were probably fucking with it in your wrist and pulling on it. You were fidgeting with it or something. and just popped out. It's not supposed to pop out like that. So I initially just thought that Kirk was just had it or was fucking with it and it shouldn't have been in the state that it was in upon the collision in the first place. Um, I think I don't like the way that here meyer um dealt with it in the media true um it rubbed me the wrong way and now do if a blue jay did that to the other team would i care i don't think so it it brought up a lot of things it and there's been a lot of talk about you know Montoyo and Kevin Cash are good friends so when Montoyo goes over there and asks for it back and doesn't get it back it's like nobody respects Montoyo Montoyo's got no stones Montoyo should have like done something and fought somebody and got it back for the respect of our city and our country and I I don't agree with that either but what I, I think the fundamental thing that I think of is like do you fucking think that The way that you go about facing the Rays hitters is some like secret that nobody knows about. Do you really think that your information is that proprietary to your organization? It just seemed to me like there's not really any surprises on there. Like all teams know about all these hitters on every team, they know they have a sense of how to face them. And Robbie Ray's on the mound, he's got two pitches. Mm-hmm. What did that card say uh, he's going to throw fastball then a fastball then a slider and then a slider and a fastball and then a fastball and then a slider and then a slider and a fastball like, he's got two pitches like what 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 what's the issue
0: i have it. I'll say i don't know i don't know like we neither of us know exactly what are on those cards, but there are versions of that where it's a little frustrating, especially when you've uh, been Robbie Ray and you've dominated the Rays in the past to like perhaps it says 3-1 count um, with Manuel Margot, it's a fastball up and in or it's a fastball outside, like knowing the exact counts and where they want to put a ball and which pitch it is, just having that information it just means that you then have to go away from your strengths because you know what the exact game plan is in terms of where you want to put a pitch when. Not to me, well, I think I would is, say, that's, pretty, uh, that's a pretty important thing.
1: I would say two things of that. I would say it's a weakness for a reason. So adapt and like, if, if you can not hit up and in on a 3-1 count, just because you know it's coming, you probably still can't hit up and in on a 3-1 count. Secondarily to that, if you have that card, if you have that card and you think, ah, this is where he throws up and in on a 3-1 count... And then you don't do it, then you have advantage of the same mind game that they're trying to play with you. You just switch out the card. But they're keeping you from wants. your strength, keeping, putting you out of your plan. That's not necessarily true because the card doesn't necessarily dictate their strength, it just dictates the hitter's we weakness. We don't
0: know what it dictates.
1: Robbie Ray doesn't have to be told what his strength is, he has to be told what the hitter's weakness is.
0: Yeah. And then decide if he's using his strength or his or their weakness. I don't know. We, I don't know uh, what I I do agree with you on a major point, which is Kevin Kiermaier's um, way of talking to the media. I would have loved for the game of cat and mouse for it all to be kept up a little more cheekily uh a little bit more fun had a little less oh i i didn't know i didn't i'm just trying i didn't of course i'm not giving it back but it was an accident and i i'm sorry i'm sorry that it happened all that no i would (laughs) like them to say i didn't i so i i the card was in front of me i of course i didn't know it was their card i thought it was mine of course and i picked it up and we may or may not have looked at it i don't know but it's it's it was it was mine at that time and you know there's just there could have been a little bit less uh uh bowing down and kind of uh pretending like it it, it wasn't a thing i would like to acknowledge that it is a thing and and keep up the kind of charade
1: in the same token i don't like how baraki dealt with the hit by pitch in the media
0: either saying that it got away from him?
1: Kirk, was, uh, whoever was catching, I don't even remember who was catching at this point, was set up low and away outside. <laughs> and he drills Kiermaier in the top of the back and says it got away from him. That's like... Nobody... I, I, maybe you don't i'm not sure like you don't admit it because maybe you get fined or something like that yeah it's going to be it, a different fine.
0: different levels of suspension and you i don't think if you say that you did it you can't appeal it you can't you can't make the the games happen when you want them if you say yeah i did it on purpose you're going to be immediately suspended what about just a no comment <laughs> I think it's probably it's all part of their players' union. They've got a whole like, book on how to deal with, with throwing at players, and you say a specific thing. I don't think there's a book on how you deal with uh, a, <laughs> an opposite team's uh, pitching card falling into your lap. How far do you think that
1: goes in terms of you know, where the Blue Jays are at in that game? They're you know losing by a significant amount. I think it was 7-1 or something like that. And do you think it's known, like Baraki – you're in you got to drill him and 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 then if that's true are you sort of like ah oh, you don't care if i get suspended <laughs> <laughs> you don't you think i'm the least important of maybe somebody that could have came in and drilled this guy or do you think that they didn't <clears throat> know he was going to drill him they wanted somebody to drill him and they were like ah fuck maybe we should have brought in somebody else
0: i think that there's a they, you know they're having a discussion Right about it, they're talking about it, and Barrooy's saying, guys, look, I'm not things aren't too right with me right now. I'm not having a great season. If we get into a position where it makes sense i'm I would like to be the one that that takes the hit here and does this for our team. And you know there and Pearson's like, I could do it, I could do it, and they're like, all right, Nate, yeah, we're not sure that you'd be able to hit him if you tried. Um, you know, so, there's, there's just, there's a dude that makes sense, and I feel like Baruchy is, is aware enough that he's not pissed that it, he's the one that's having to take the fall or take the suspension because he's not performing. He knows that. Yeah, I mean,
1: my God, you wouldn't want Nate Pearson trying to do that. No. 101 up by the head. No, 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 um I wonder too, that must be all part of like the ploy of, uh, you know, trying to get less games of a suspension where you get the catcher to set up low and outside just so you can be like, oh, he was
0: set up low and outside. I mean, I obviously just missed my spot. In that case, though, wouldn't you want to set him up and in so like it's closer to where, <laughs> so it makes a bit more sense? Like we're, I was trying to throw, I'm trying to throw in. I got to, I got to throw in. They're, they're, re- they're leaning over.
1: That's the classic hit by pitch setup though. The classic hit by pitch setup is you set up inside. So maybe they're going against the grain being like, I was trying to throw it outside and my two seamer just got away from me and went way up
0: into the left. Way up. Um, Do you feel that the hit by pitch was necessary? Are you, are you on board with hitting him on purpose? You know what? When you're
1: down seven to one, and you're in a wild card push, and every game's important, and I'm not saying they would have won that game, but I'm just saying the 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 better way to go about it would have to fucking win. The the best way to have um, made them pay for taking your information that pissed you off so much would have been to win the series, take two or three games, go into Minnesota in a wild card spot, and say we'll see you guys in October is hitting Kiermaier in the back like a nice secondary thing. Yeah, I guess so. Like uh, yeah, fine. It didn't like fire me up and the bench clearing incident was like one of the most lame bench clearing. I don't even think anyone was running. I think they were all just like walking out. The the maddest person in the entire stadium was Pete Walker who was just fucking irate. I don't even understand what he was irate about. Like what what I, I don't even know why it's a discussion. He hits Kiermaier Montoyo goes for a game and Barucki gets suspended. Done deal. Pete Walker was frothing at the mouth.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. He was saying it was bullshit that he was, I guess that he was getting thrown out.
1: Yeah. And it's like, what are you talking? Like we, we don't watch the news. <laughs> we don't, the umpires like don't know what's going on. They, they didn't have a pregame discussion about the possibility of that. I'm sure. It's ridiculous. I didn't understand that at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Uh, we didn't talk about your thoughts about the initial Kiermaier thing. Do you feel like? Um, does the sportsmanship or non-sportsmanship element of it bother you at all? Because I, I, had, we, I had a text to a friend saying that they didn't like that Kiermaier did it and that it was bad sportsmanship. And uh, to to me, I, I, I. I like I like that I like that the sportsmanship wasn't a thing. I don't. I'm not a I'm not a big honor in baseball. I want I'm not like Astros level cheating, but uh, whatever kind of sneakiness, art and war, all's fair kind of a thing is is cool with me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I it, I don't care about it at all. Like it, it it's nice to see it because it goes on all the time and we don't see it. We don't really know what effect it has. Like we don't know how hitters steal pitches. We don't know how base runners relay information. We don't know how all of that stuff gets relayed until the Astro scandal came out. we were like, what? Like you bang trash cans. That's crazy. And you know, they had the Yankees uh, like a week ago or whatever getting called out for yelling Olay or Undelay or something Andale. like that in the Andale in the dugout. You know, it it, it would have put it put camera in a hell of a position. Do you know what I mean? Like the camera's right there, and if he didn't take the piece of paper, you'd be like, oh man, you missed a golden opportunity, moron. Or if he took the paper and gave it back, is everybody gonna be like, what an honorable man? Kiermeyer is just such an honorable man. And I like him as a player. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy his jersey. No, it like it it, it fell into his lap. It, it, like, it would have been different if he like slid in, grabbed his wrist and like <laughs> pulled it out. That would have been something, but like it, it like, what was he to do? It was right fucking there. Yeah. I don't even like this. This is like kind of a no conversation type thing. He took it, like keep it in there, Kirk. Nobody else drops it there. Like this hasn't happened before to anyone's knowledge.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, apparently, I mean, I guess it it was agua under the bridge before. Now, is it over? Are we gonna Are we gonna see some some retribution? I think that
1: if they play in the playoffs, which would be the only time until next year that they would <clears throat> play each other, I think it just comes down to who wins the series. Not Neither of those teams are drilling somebody in a fucking playoff series unless the game's way out of hand or something. But even then, I can't because they don't want to get guys suspended. You don't want to get... A pitcher suspended in a playoff series. I just can't imagine. The only way you'll ever know is if if they're gonna start something is if they bring in like some rookie flamethrower who's never gonna pitch otherwise, or like the left fielder comes in to pitch just to start throwing it, guys. Did you see the clip of Montoyo and Kevin Cash talking behind the batting cage before the third game and they were laughing, kind of joking with each other? Did you see that? I did not. It totally fed into the to the people's fire about Montoyo not, you know, being a a fiery guy, not you know standing up for his players and his team because he's just laughing with his buddy, kind of like, eh, I didn't know that you that why didn't you give me the card back? And Cash is like, I didn't know we had it. I didn't even know anything about it. And he's like, Oh man, yeah, I know everybody's pissed.
0: Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Do you that... think that it
0: helped? What? No, go ahead, ask.
1: No, going I was gonna say. do you think that it helped Montoya's image at all
0: to hit Kiermaier? I'm guessing that Montoya and the hit thing they're talking about. It. And he's like, ah, I don't know anything about this. I don't want to know you guys mm-hmm. going to deal with it. How you are going to deal with it? I'm going to I'm going to do my thing. It's water under the bridge. Please don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. But I don't think that he's like, all right, Ryan. Come into my office. Tonight's the night. We're doing it. Fuck Kevin Cash. You heard that Agua under the bridge thing? That's bullshit. Let's drill him, baby. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I I don't... That doesn't seem... Maybe. Maybe.
1: The tough thing for retribution to be hitting a guy in the middle of the back. Like, there's no better place to get hit than the middle of the back. And I'm not saying to hurt a guy, like, kill a guy... But I'm just wondering what the actual point of it is. Like even Kiermeyer after the game, you know, maybe he's just saying this, but he just goes, it didn't hurt at all. <laughs> 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 and then he's on first base. And then, and then what? And then Baracki's gone for three games. Okay. Well, now what? Guy might have a bruise on his back. That's it. And they know Robbie Ray's entire pitch sequence to their team.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a fair point. But, it's the only way that they know how. They're simple, they're simple men. What I'm saying is, hit him in the knee.
1: Oh, Hit him in the ankle. Hit him in the shin bone. Hit him on a bone. Hit him on his wrist. What about the skull, his... David?
0: <laughs> Let's get serious here.
1: Hit him in the hand that he
0: picked up the card with. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a tricky game to play, though, going for the hands because those hands are right
0: up by the face. Yep, right by the face and also the umpire's window of where they keep their head. And the catcher's letting it go by, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, all to say, I hope we face them in the playoffs because I think that would be uh, great. Another thing to mention, I meant to mention this off the top, is that... The Toronto Blue Jays have been allowed to extend their attendance capacity to 35,000. That's what's up. So, playoff game in Toronto, that place is going to be electric. Absolutely. 35,000, roof closed, viruses flying around that place. I would love them to get into the position where they're hosting that wildcard game if they can get there.
0: We got some 35,000. We got some work to do and I don't think that roof's closing anytime soon. Man, it was like 11 degrees when I woke up today. It's chilly. For sure. It's chilly in Boston too, man. Not not like here.
1: Wow. You think, do you think that it's part of like the, the deal? Like You're going to jam 35,000 people in there, you got to leave the roof open?
0: I think when it, unless it's raining, yeah. Unless it's raining or snowing, there's probably a, like a seven degree or something kind of cut off, maybe five degrees.
1: Man, that would be such an interesting game to watch because it's not like any of them have experienced that in a long time, playing in that level of cold in such a big game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Be able to see the breath of the fans.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll be able to close it. I do think, I do remember hearing that because of the size of the stadium, that they are able to consider it still an outdoor venue, even when the roof is closed. But mm. who knows what this expansion of capacity, if that, if that's at all a factor. And I don't know the details. Everything was, is, was even before we came on to to record this I didn't know exact details, I know that the Blue Jays had started selling the seats and that they were expecting to get the word and everything all that shit, but I don't know the details um, i I did have one other thought though about uh, about Charlie Montoyo and the fans um, the way that the fans view him do you think that there's anything to an idea of maybe some kind of daddy issues with uh with blue jays fans certain sector of the fans who who the only displays of emotion that they feel comfortable with with their leader you know kind of their father figure of this team is yelling screaming backing him up and there's like an attention like that's but but they feel uncomfortable by someone who's so genuine and positive um that you know i i looked i looked at when alec manoa came in after getting through that game without his good stuff just grinding through every pitch keeping the 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 rays down to only two runs or whatever he did to keep them in that ball game and the look of just pride and excitement that charlie montoyo had for montoyo and they they clapped hands and patted him on the back and it was just so pure how how happy Charlie Montoya was for him and I could see in Montoya uh, in Manoa how how good that made him feel and it, I, it just made me think about the kind of leader that he is um and uh, what what we feel like we're used to you know, with, with John Gibbons, with 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 hockey coaches, or with with all of these things of of Canadian, just like we need to have a, a a fiery manager. Like it doesn't change anything. Going out and arguing with an umpire doesn't do anything. What has happened has happened. You know, it's I don't know. There's just this. It it really bothers me that 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 uh, this fan base, Twitter, and People calling in and texting into Jays Talk and Baseball Central—all these people just like their need to have an angry dad.
1: (laughs) I think that's a really interesting point. I think that the effect that Charlie is going to have on these players, as like a mentor, father figure type role, (laughs) is not ever going to be fully known or appreciated by a fan base. We just don't see any of the really key moments. We just see the the, the moments of being in public when Charlie's like at his most focused on a task that he'll be in his entire day. We don't necessarily see the behind the closed doors conversation. We don't see them at all. We don't see the behind the closed door conversations. And so whatever effect he has on them is an effect he's going to have on them, irregardless of anything that any fan base thinks of him. I don't, I don't think it's that we have like a collective daddy issues so much as I think you're right about like there being that hockey mentality in this country. I also just think that when people get really angry, they want someone to like exhibit their anger for them. They want somebody to be the vessel for their anger. And for whatever reason, you know, that eye of Sauron has gone on to Charlie Montoyo in a moment like that. And they look to him to to irrationally react to that in some way that is a manifestation of their own anger. What's he going to do? Like, what could he, was he going to go in there and punch Kevin cash in the mouth? Like in the middle of a game, like, what does that do? It doesn't do anything, anything. And like, this is a freak accident where a card fell out and a player took it. They ask for it back. They say no. So then, you know, what do you do? You're fucked. They have that card. Even if they gave it back, that information's already gone. It's already gone. Even hitting Kiermeyer is unnecessary. But why is it Montoya's job to just because he knows Kevin Cash? Like, what does that even mean? Kevin Cash wasn't the one who was handed the card. Mm-hmm. It's another member of his coaching staff who's handed the card.
0: I don't know. It's it, Kevin like, I, I, Cash's job to beat Charlie Montoya and vice versa, regardless of the, they're used to being on the same team. They're not on the same team anymore. The adversaries. You know.
1: Yeah. When I watch this team, I see a lot of camaraderie, I see a lot of joy. I see a lot of players um, looking out for each other. And I'm not saying that that's all Montoyo, but Montoyo is a part of that. And that's an enjoyable element of watching this team. and I don't need I don't need uh, Montoyo to be like Batman. The Batman manager, you know you've got other guys that can fill that role on the field if you need to, which is becoming more and more unnecessary as time goes on for those sorts of things mm-hmm. to even happen
0: there's an interesting moment too if you watch the tape of Barucky entering the dugout and getting all the high fives um, from each of his teammate he goes to George Springer and George doesn't even look at him and he goes and he pats George Springer on the shoulder and George doesn't give him the high five back. It looks like George is not impressed um, at all with it. And that to me, just, I don't know. There was something about that. And maybe, maybe Springer has a different relationship with retaliation or with, with this kind of like faux cheating, you know, like that. He's just like, beyond that now and it also just makes me think about you know who the leaders are in this clubhouse the veterans and in simeon who's just like i don't i don't don't know what his stance would be on this i feel like he's he would be above it to some extent he just wants to deal with what's in front of them and get wins and you know start figuring out a new plan of attack and you know it felt like there's a similar thing with springer and that, that this this team just operates a bit differently. And there's a couple of guys. Maybe there maybe there was a divide in this team of how to deal with this situation. Some guys wanted to get blood and get revenge, spark some things, and maybe others didn't. We don't we don't know. But it it has been one of the more interesting things that has happened this season. And the way that I feel like it sets us up and just continues this rivalry, this 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 one the the, the the rivalry of the AL East as well. That the AL East is so dominant that the AL East is going to control the wild card, and probably the AL East is going to be in the championship series and going to the World Series. One of one of these three teams, I would say, is is probably going to the championship series. We'll see what happens with the White Sox, with the Astros too. I don't I don't know what's going on with them, but there's a, a continued building a rivalry that i think is healthy for the rays and and for the jays and uh, it's a great it's been a great story
1: yeah and as you've seen as the rays have like risen into power they're having more and more rivalries like they have a huge rivalry with the yankees and and it's like if you're going to be at the top of the al east you're going to be part of some conflicts like the yankees and the red sox were dealing with that with each other for years so it's almost like it's nice to be a part of it. Do you know what I mean? It's nice to be a part of the conflict and the rivalries. It means that you matter. It means that you're here and that other teams are taking notice of you. You think the Rays want to play the Jays over the Yankees and the Red Sox? Fuck no. No team in the East wants to play the Jays in a playoff series. The Mm -hmm. Jays are a scary fucking team and it's good to be a part of the rivalry and let's go.
0: Yeah. Let's go. We got to deal with the twins. We got to it it it's all about winning series right we lost our first series to the rays it'd been the first one in in like a month we're winning all the series we're taking care of business um so it's 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 winning for the rest and then we deal with the yankees from a position of power um uh, i don't know it's 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 kind of a uh, it's do or die here not necessarily tonight but uh Things are coming down to the wire in a big way right now. Are you feeling are you feeling like still confident we're going to the playoffs?
1: And these next six games are so huge. The next three in the twins with the Yankees playing the Red Sox, and then and then starting Tuesday, the Jays are hosting the Yankees. Do I feel confident? I feel excited. I feel I feel like I still love this team, like I still believe in them. I I can imagine both scenarios. That's sort of where I'm at. I'm sort of in this space where I've been hurt so many times that it's impossible for me to just put all of my all of my positivity into the team, but I'm still I'm still here and I think they're going to win tonight and I think the Red Sox are going to beat the Yankees. So I think we're going to be tied for the second wild card by the end of tonight and that's all that's all I can say is that at the end of tonight we're in a spot.
0: All right. I can't watch tonight. It's Brittany's birthday tomorrow. I'm going out for dinner tonight. I'm going out for dinner tomorrow, and I don't know if it's an evening game tomorrow night or if it's an afternoon game. But I probably won't be watching tomorrow either. I've got a bit of a. I'm gonna be tense thinking about the boys what they're what they're doing in the background.
1: And maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. Take a little night away. Take the focus off of it, and just check your phone. See a nice final score where the Blue Jays come out on top. It's uh. Jose Barrios going against his former team, the Twins. Like that. Like that matchup against Ober. I don't know who that is.
0: I don't know either. Um, Connor, Connor Ober, I want to say. Probably, probably Connor. Bailey. Ba- Bailey ba- Ober. <laughs> right. Bye. I'm thinking of Connor Overton. Which, yeah, he may even be a blue chair. I don't know. Well, here we go. Things are going to get
1: tense. Things are going to go up and down. You got to stick with it till the end. Big game tonight. Every game for the rest of the season is going to be huge. Get after it. We'll be back soon.